as your only living relatives, are your guardians. So, Augusta said in a disgusted voice, I am to take the chit, feed her and clothe her, all without a sou from Alex's estate? Now, my dear, poor Elizabeth has nothing to do with her father's lack of... Uncle Alfred began, only to be cut off by poor Elizabeth. But I shall be twenty-one in a mere six months, Uncle Paul. I have no need of a guardian. What is there to guard, after all? And if there were something to guard, do you believe I would want my greedy aunt to have control? It is the law, my dear, Paul Montgomery said slowly. But, of course, there is another alternative for you, is there not? Chauncey lowered her head, seeing Guy Danforth in her mind's eye. He needed money badly, the dowry her father had promised him. Now there was nothing. No, Uncle Paul, she said, her voice growing stronger. There isn't another alternative. She rose to her feet and shook out her heavy black wool skirt. If there is nothing else, Uncle Paul, I will go and see to your comfort. Aunt Augusta, you and Uncle Alfred will be staying for the night? Aunt Augusta merely nodded, saying nothing more, and Chauncey walked quickly toward the library door wondering if her aunt was at last thinking of her brother and regretted her unkind words. She closed it softly behind her, hearing as she did so Aunt Augusta's furious voice. It is ridiculous that we should take the girl. Why, she's nearly a spinster. Certainly no gentleman will want to marry her now. What, I ask you, Mr. Montgomery, are we to do with her? Chauncey didn't wait to hear Uncle Paul's reply. So much for Aunt Augusta's brief bout of restraint. Miss Chauncey? Yes, Converse? She turned to face the Fitzhugh butler, swallowing the hated tears. An excess of emotion in a woman is considered acceptable, I suppose, she could hear her father say. She saw him shrug, giving her his dear lopsided grin. However, it does allow others to know what is in her mind— And that is not always so very acceptable, is it? Sir Guy is here, miss, asking to see you. At his mistress's hesitation, he added, Would you like me to tell Sir Guy that you are not receiving today? No, Converse, I will see him. Is he in the blue salon? Yes, miss. Are you all right, Miss Chauncey? Uh, Of course. Please bring refreshments. No, wait, Converse, no refreshments will be necessary. Chauncey paused a moment before the silver-edged mirror beside the blue salon. The pale face that looked back at her little resembled the laughing, carefree Chauncey Jameson Fitzhugh. Behind her was the great hall, its huge double oak doors open onto the marble entryway. She stared into the mirrored reflection at its magnificent high ceiling, etched with geometric designs and baronial heraldry, at its stone floor, covered with brightly patterned Turkish carpets. Heavy mahogany furniture, darkened from deep red to brown over the years, was set in austere groupings. Medieval arms, lances and longbows and helmets graced the walls, never a patch of dust on them, for the Fitzhugh servants were a conscientious lot. She closed her eyes a moment, remembering a little girl jousting with the highly polished suit of armour that stood proudly in the far corner of the hall. Jameson Hall, the home of four generations of Fitzhughes, now to pass into the hands of strangers. 
No more jousts with the long-dead unknown knight. No more swims in the river way that snaked its way to the east of Jameson Hall. No more cosy talks with her father in front of the massive fireplace, her skirts tucked up as she sat on the floor beside his chair. She rarely sat in the smaller chair that stood beside his. It had been her mother's, beautiful, gentle Isabel, and she had always known that it remained Isabel's in her father's heart. "'Thank God, Father,' she whispered at her image in the mirror, "'that you have been spared this.' She tucked a strand of hair back into the coil at the back of her neck, squared her shoulders, and walked into the salon. "'Elizabeth!' Guy could never bring himself to call her Chauncey. It smacked of a lack of breeding, she supposed, remembering when she had told him that her Irish nurse had dubbed her with the name when she was a little girl. It lacked a sense of self-worth.